0: Hey guys welcome back to tap that easy podcast i'm your host eric walters we are back with another beer 101 with our dude will walterson if you haven't done so already please subscribe to the podcast it is always free to subscribe and listen to the show leave a rating on review on itunes is always helpful as well help us climb those rankings get more exposure and thus getting arizona beer more exposure getting arizona beer on the map is what our goal is so that is much appreciated Patreon supporters, shout out to you guys. Chris Odom, Gerardo Jaime, Jim Flager, and Marcus Pina. If you want to go check out our Patreon page, it's Patreon. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot forward slash Tap That Easy podcast. See how you can be part of the Tap That Easy Patreon team. All right. So, This episode for This Beer 101, Will educates us on the art of blending beer. So beers in wooden barrels make some amazing beers, some of the most amazing beers ever. But the process can be rather unpredictable. So the art of blending beer exists. So let's tap into Blending Beer with Will Walterson. All right, so we're back. Another beer, one hundred and one with Will. How's it going? Thanks for joining me, buddy. That yeah, last no one problem. with the uh, the Lambics was uh, we were and enjoy we were enjoying a lambic as we were talking lambic, so it was like a spiritual. It's nice, it was, yeah, it was a <laughs>
1: lot of synchronicity there. It know? was, yeah.
0: <laughs> so, what are you going to educate us on today?
1: So, uh, this is just kind of like a, a from the hip like blending thing. So, I mean, I have a little bit of a format, but I'm just going to kind of go off of what uh you know me and you could bring up and and what we can think of for uh for what what people want to know about so uh, i have a couple things that i like to discuss when i'm talking about blending and uh i think you have to blend with a purpose you know and i think that's where a lot of people get lost is they um they think of it more of like and i don't want to sound bad and i'm not saying anyone in particular but there's sometimes the mentality like we could cover that up in the blend Uh you know and I don't I've never been like the person like that I mean I think there's gonna be your your A blends and then you can have kind of like your your B blends you know where okay this is this track's gonna be a hit so we're not gonna you know make it two minutes longer just because we can you know uh If that makes sense, sorry to go to music, but uh, I love it. That's perfect. Yeah. (laughs) uh, So you want to keep a, keep it short and sweet with stuff like that. You want distinctiveness. And I think that's the big thing is when you have a goal, you want it to be distinct. What, what do you want from the beer? Do you want this beer to taste like the barrel? Do you like how the barrel tastes or, you know, uh, let's say we're talking like fruit blends. So a fruit's going to have a character. A single fruit has a character. A blend of fruit has distinctness. So if you want a character and you say this is going to taste like blueberries, it better taste like blueberries. Yeah. But if you say this is a blend of cherry, raspberry, there's elegance in that blend. And you're kind of leaving, uh, leaving something to what your style is. It's like a signature. You know, you're like, do you like the raspberry more on the nose or do you like the cherry more? And you can... When you taste people's blends, you get to learn about, like, the blender and what they value and what they want to put out, you know. Okay. So uh, balance and integration goes with that. That's what we're talking about, the balance between, you know, maybe those two fruit, maybe the balance between funk and sour, the balance between barrel and heat, the balance between, you know, beer and barrel. Like, do you want the base beer to shine or do you want this to be like a barrel bomb, you know?
0: Let, let me back up for just one second. So yeah. let's, let's get a basic, um, I guess, high-level view of like what exactly is – I mean, we know blending is putting two things together, but what is wh- – why would people blend? Like wh- when is that used typically?
1: I mean, okay, so blending to me is to get something that is better than what I have. Okay. So if I have something that I think is really good – And I like it, but I have something that I also really like for different reasons. Why can't I like something that's between both of them that makes it better? Like I have like a – let's say that I have a stout, and it's very chocolatey but it kind of has a little bit of brightness to it where it's not like just straight chocolate. It's really thinking, well, what can we do to, to complement that brightness? Maybe, maybe like orange zest. That sounds good, but you let the barrel kind of talk to you. You know, you can't like, Oh, we're going to put orange zest and peanut butter and all this stuff into this. You know, I feel more of like you're there. You got to feel it out. You know, you got to kind of find out what the barrel is doing. You got to let it talk to you. And, uh, You know, finding stuff that complements things, you know, where you're like, oh, this beer has a lot of acidity. How can we complement that? You know, how can we, uh, you know, there's so many different situations. So you just got to think of the goal. It goes back to having, like, a goal of what you want from the blend. And once you start getting, I mean, it might start out, you're blending, like, Uh, bird box challenge, you know, you don't know what you're looking for. Right. But then you start seeing the vision. The veil starts coming up and you're like, okay. And once you start getting a vision for what you want from a beer and what like like these fruited beers, for example, I know exactly what I want from them. I've just made them so long. Yeah. So it's easy for me to come up with combinations. Like sometimes I'll just think of fruit and I'll be like, that works. I know that works. That's worked in something else. Like Orange Julius, how could that not work? Everyone loves orange creamsicle. Yeah, you know, yeah. some of them, though, their T-ball home runs like that. You know, but other ones, there's ones where you sit down and you think about it because you know, getting back into the blending, you want precision. Okay. You know, so now uh, precision, you're talking about. What are you talking about? Uh, if you say there's three flavors, I want to taste all three flavors. Yeah. Right. Yep. You you're know?
0: making that claim. Yeah. So it's like, dude, I, I did
1: not taste that. Or, yeah. Uh, if I taste one flavor, like if it's supposed to be cherry and you're like, oh, it kind of tastes like cranberry. It's like this weird thing. That's not precise, yeah. you know? And uh, that comes to complexity and simplicity. So do you want it to be a complex blend or do you want it to be a simple blend? Yeah. If you want something that just tastes like cherries, make it taste like that. Or if you want an Orange Julius and you say it's Orange Julius, that's what people want. They don't want an Orange Julius with, like, cinnamon or something, you know? Yeah. Like, you have to have a very, like like a destination you want, you know,
0: before you even get started. Like yeah. you have that roadmap but of yeah. the,
1: the thing though also is when you're walking the road, you're going to taste something and you're going to be like, well, maybe it could use some cinnamon or, you know, something like that where you're yeah. like, you're letting the beer talk to you at that point. And if you can envision it with your palate, that's how you really get into making good blends. Cause it's all like, like when you have these really good beers from these people like Casey, like he's a great blender you're tasting what he wanted you to taste in that moment. Like he you're, he's capturing like what he thinks is the greatest, you know and I mean? I think a lot of people, when you start tasting these blended beers or like beers, like, um, like beer barrel time from side project. I mean, not everyone's going to be able to try that, but, uh, it's just such like a representation of what these barrels taste like for they've been aged 24 months and we don't need coconut. We don't need vanilla. This right here is good enough. Yeah. And, um, that's another part of it is how simple you want it. You can keep it simple, one barrel, or if you want it really complex, like I'm going to pull some from this because I want this flavor, but I want some of the body from this, so I'm going to add this. Uh, so it goes back to the vision, and you got to get beyond the ingredients, I think, uh, or beyond the fruit in some cases, or beyond the the coconut, or you know, like we were talking about. Yeah. Uh, there's if everyone calls your beers juicy or fruity. That's not good. Yeah. Because it means they all taste the same. Right. You know? <laughs> right. Yeah. If they sure. say, man, this has like cantaloupe flavor, then you're like, oh, we made something different. Oh, it tastes yeah. like mango. You know, what does everyone say? Oh, it tastes like orange juice, tastes like pineapple. Right, cool, man. What else? You know? Yeah. And it's on you to like find that, you know? Yeah. And I think that's the big part of the blend is. Don't. It's not always good to say everyone would say your beer tastes juicy. You're like, yeah. Well, what juice? What uh, you know, do you taste the guava? Do you taste the pineapple? Yeah. You know? Could be a uh, range
0: of things. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So that goes back into the vision again. It's all about understanding where you want to be and what you want to put out. and Then the length. So certain beers you make like a like a beer like this. I think it's good to have a long flavor, but I don't want a long lasting like astringent flavor. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want it to finish with a bad taste in my mouth on any right, beer. Right, And I think sometimes, like, people get into that where they're like, yeah, it's 140 IBUs, and you're like, Jesus, I'm still tasting sips four sips ago, you yeah, know? Right. And it's yeah. not good, you yeah. know? But if it tastes like, you know, Barry White Grand Cru, where it tastes like a cherry cordial for 60 seconds, you're like, oh, my God. Yeah. You know, you're <laughs> yeah. in shock. You're like That's an having experience. a religious experience. Yeah. yeah. Um, and there's... Uh, there's, like, choreograph, you know, it's, um, I don't know how to explain it, but, like, certain blends will feel different, like, you'll taste it different on your tongue, and, like, we had one beer here that, like, I had the sensation that, like, I've never really had on a beer before, and it, like, blew my mind, but it was the Cherry Limeade, it was, like, it looked just like cherry juice, like dark cherry juice, but the lime was so bright, it almost, like, danced over my tongue if that makes sense interesting i mean i don't i don't want to sound too crazy but it was just like i was like wow this is like a sensation i've never really had when drinking a beer yeah it kind of was really stood out to me so i was like let's just go with this i like the amount of like i like this like it really stands out as like different and i mean well maybe one person tasted that but it was like it was something different that really stood out to me, and it was like you know you got to put your thumbprint on some of these things. Yeah, but
0: um, well, I think, and I don't want to interrupt you here, but I yeah. I, I love that the you know conversations you and I have had, um, the way you look at beer, uh, and we'll we'll, ta- we'll get more in depth in this in in the episode where we you know. It's, it's all about will right yeah. I know you're excited for that <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, uh, but the way you look at beer and, and the way that you the, the depth is uh, the way you experience um, I love it man because I, when we were here at beer school and you were talking to uh, the group about like the sours you, the way you just explain it as far as like you got to feel it you know it's not just it's not all about X's and O's it's like what, like, what does your heart say about this you know yeah. I, I love that approach
1: and uh i think that's where some people um you can really tell the difference between people's blends you know if if and i'm not saying this in a bad way but there's some people that blend with a lot of emotion or brew with a lot of emotion and yeah. you can taste it you know yeah. like um like jester king or like uh true they have like this image you know you can taste the like metal with the, not metal but sure. you know you can taste that they're like they're angry and they're making a statement you can see it on the bottle you can see yeah. what everyone wants they're they're presenting you with something they're putting their heart out there and i mean um it's everybody's going to do it differently you know and everyone's going to have a different format and everyone's going to want to have put on a different show so um yeah, I, I see like beer is totally something it's like a representative of the people that made it, you know. And if you really it's like a like listening to music, you know? Yeah. Like, you know, when you hear the new tool fear inoculum, I'm gonna do another plug here. Yeah. But, um <laughs> uh you listen to it, and you couldn't have listened to Tool for you know since ten thousand days, let's say like 13 14 years ago. Yep. And you're like, "That's the last time I heard them." You're like, it "Sounds just like Tool." Yeah. I know this was blended by Maynard. This is Maynard. You know, this yeah. is these guys. And so that's kind of like when you have a beer, like when you when you haven't had a beer from a brewery in a long time. Like perfect example, like Cantillon or something. And you're like, "Man, I got a Cantillon. Let's open it up." But what's all this fuss about? What's all the fuss about? Okay, they're still there, <laughs> yeah. still there, guys. Yep. <laughs> so um, <Yeah. laughs> it always goes back to you know what you get out of it and like the emotional reaction out of beer, and uh, so here's my next is connectedness. Like okay. I'm saying, the blend is you. Yeah. So if you're, you know, having a bad day and it's a rough blend and you know you got to get this out because you got to keep the lights on. I mean, sometimes it shows. Yeah. Sometimes it shows, but sometimes when you're like. No, this barrel's got to stay alone. Nobody can touch this barrel. Like, there's certain barrels like that where you come across them and you're like, no, no, no. I don't care if it's one per member. This barrel needs to be alone. This yeah. is not – this is has a greater destiny. And, um, I mean, you know, Rent House is kind of like the place where there was a lot of those single barrel beers or, like, those mead barrel beers where you're like, you can't blend this. You know, yeah. it's too good on its own. Yeah. yeah. And uh, it's it's just an exciting thing, you know. And when you taste a barrel like that, I mean, even at the brewery, we had barrels like that where, like, you had it and you're like, uh, "This would be so good on its own." But you know, you're kind of like, "Oh, well, we got to do a 90 barrel blend of sour blonde tomorrow, so yeah. guess it'll carry yeah. that." You know, <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah. it makes it a little bit tougher, you know, when you when you have like a, I guess a, like an emotional attachment to stuff like that. But having that and having the ability to put it in a bottle and see it like grow up like a little baby and then it goes out and all the beer geeks come and drink it. And you're like, Oh, this is great. Like I knew he could grow up and be a good one. I knew it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And then uh, identity. I think that's the big thing is um, expressing yourself and showing, you know, when somebody has a blend and they taste a beer they have a final product and they're like, man, this kind of reminds me of like bottle logic or man, this kind of reminds me of like, you know, Whoever. Like you're like it reminds me of that style. And you can see what people like. I mean, you can see what inspires people. You know, when uh when someone wakes up the next morning and they make a hazy IPA, you're kinda like, Oh well, I wonder what made them do that or you know, they go in there, Oh, we're doing our first barrel aged Saison You're like, I wonder what Saison they tried and they're like, We're gonna go do that, you know? Yeah. And that's where it all comes from is you're taking like um like pieces from all these people, you're like, oh, I really like Tired Hands because they do this, or I like these guys because they do this. Let's try that, you know? Yeah. Or what, what? What if we take a shot? Or what if we do it like this? Let's do it a little different, you know? And then, um, I think the biggest thing with beer is having an emotional, like, res- like emotional connection to the blend, like we we're talking about. But not only for me as someone who's putting the blend out, of course, I'm going to have an emotional blend yeah. or emotional connection. But when you open the bottle and you taste it and you're like, oh yeah, this yeah. is, oh my God, this is what I wanted. This is why I come to this place. This is why I love this dude's stuff. Or this is what, this is what I wanted. Yeah. You know, and sometimes you have an emotional reaction when you open a bottle, you're like, damn, I thought it was going to taste different. Or, yeah. Or, oh man, maybe I sat on this in my closet for too long. Or You have you know, that expectation. Yeah. Right? Like the new f-
0: Tool album, right? You're like, oh, you, you set the bar so high. Yeah. And then you open it, you're like, man, it's good, but... Wish I wouldn't yeah Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All,
1: exactly. All that stuff. So um it's incorporating all of that and uh you know, obviously you have to have the pieces at the end of the day to do that. So um it's building those pieces and uh it's coming from like I think as the more beer that I drink I notice that like sometimes brewers don't drink other brewer's beer if that makes sense interesting why
0: why is that like i don't know or what do you mean
1: like okay so for me drinking another beer of someone that i look up to like a brewery that i look up to yeah it's to me that's like watching you know being a coach and you watch you know kansas city go out there and you watch patrick mahomes throw the ball and you're like god i wish you know I want to do that. I yeah. want my quarterback to throw like that. You know, yeah. I want to run these plays. These plays work. You know, and when you taste someone's stuff, you're like, I wonder what happened. You're like the Philly special. Yeah. You know. The Browns saw the Eagles do that on the Patriots, and I'm sure they're like, "God, I would, what would I give to be Nick Foles catching that ball on Tom Brady and winning the Super Bowl?" Yeah. You know, there's <laughs> yeah. no higher place you can be in the world. Love Tom Brady or hate him, or love Nick Foles or hate him. I mean, that franchise had never been there. You know, that's where everyone wants to be is yeah. having that moment, and that moment for some people is in beer. So when you yeah. try a beer where someone's like, this is super hyped up, you know, I paid $180 or whatever for it. You're like, this is, there's only 40 bottles or whatever. And you open it and you're like, wow, that's so good. Why can't I make beer like that? Uh, I want to make a beer like that. Yeah. I want to make a toppling Goliath assassin. I want to yeah. make a, you know, Jay Wakefield, big Papa, you know, or something like that where you're like, yeah. why not? And I think the longer that you get into, to barrels and blending for this matter, people, sometimes don't realize just because a beer tastes good when you put it in a barrel doesn't mean it's going to taste good when it comes out. Yeah. And just because a beer tastes not like what you want when you put it in a barrel, sometimes those come out the best. Yeah. Because it's like when you put a beer in a barrel, it's like, it's fighting. It's, yeah. it's not easy in there. It's a hard life. Yeah. It's a hard knock life for that. beer. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, they're fighting against everything They're in wood. They don't like that. Um, there's all this heavy spirit, you know, and they're getting oxidized. They're aging. You got to make a beer that you're like, in it, I could put this in a bottle and in a year I could come back and it'll taste good. Yeah. Because the bourbon's going to beat it up. And a lot of times people don't realize uh, when you have a beer in a barrel, it sometimes gets perceived as thinner than before it was in a barrel. Hmm. And I'm not sure if that's from the spirit. I'm not sure what that's from. But I've noticed that a lot. Where like, I'll have a beer pre-barrel and I'll be like, wow, this is like. I like the viscosity on this. And then it comes yeah. out. I'm like, it's just like a hair under where I want. Yeah. So, you know, you got to think about that before you do stuff, you know, like in terms of planning, you know, like sure. the vision yeah. we were talking about. And, uh, and, you know, it just depends on, on uh, what flavor. I mean, like, what, what's your favorite barrel aged beer? What's a barrel aged beer you can go like, yeah, I want to get that when it comes out.
0: Ah man, see, I'm not. I'm more. I'm more on the side of. Uh, I like barrel age, like wine barrel aged beers, right? So you got. Um, oh, yeah. There was a what is it? Winnie's Revenge, uh, right. Old Ellsworth does a. Okay. A, does a, can't remember the the wine. Syrah, maybe is that a white wine? Uh that's a red. Okay, whatever the wine. <laughs> they had some wine uh-huh. that uh, that they aged their saison, in, it okay. was fantastic. It was like a, I think it was a white wine, uh, but I'm not huge on like bourbon barrel aged uh, beers or anything like that, but. Um, i don 't know if that answered your question, but <laughs> okay, yeah, no that <laughs> yeah. makes
1: sense yeah but so. i 'm a huge
0: fan of of uh jester King as well, like yeah the, the well, way
1: that yeah that's uh so you 're more of like a wild ale guy than uh,
0: for sure, yeah, wild uh, ale saisons, yeah, yeah. yep
1: so um, yeah i I guess that 's kind of a different philosophy because i 'm talking strong ales right now, okay. But like with beers like that it 's like the microbes are what's going to carry it. And like how we're talking about that sugar, yeah. that sugar, those long chains, that'll help you last a little bit longer. Cause if okay. you make a, you know, you make a beer that's a Brett beer that fully ferments super fast and it gets down to like zero play Play-Doh, and you barrel it down. Like, yeah, I'm not sure that's going to come out. Exactly. It's going to be really, really dry and it might not give you exactly what you want in terms okay. of that. Yeah. But like, you know, building the beer to withstand the test of the barrel and, uh, doing stuff for the good of the blend. You know, if there's a really good barrel, yeah, sometimes you got to sacrifice it to do a five-barrel blend. But, you know, why don't you just blend those other four barrels and keep the one and keep the one that you're really happy with? Yeah, yeah. And uh, I think sometimes people don't realize life's too short to let one get away. Right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That can go in so many different angles, yeah. different ways. Yeah. So is blending beer common? I mean, is it a common thing?
1: I think it's becoming more common as we get more into, like, advanced technique brewing and stuff like that. Where, like, um, I know that breweries like uh, Budweiser and stuff, you know, how do you think they make it taste the same every time? They're blending batches Uh to unify it, you know. And sometimes not every batch is going to come out how they want. And it's going to be a costly mistake. But I think they they pretty much got it down. Okay. Because when you taste their beer taste the same every time
0: for sure yeah as much as much as people you know talk smack about you know those those big beer uh the the guys that i've talked to like you that have brewed beer for a long time like dude nothing but respect for them like they make they are whether you get a beer from in washington state or australia it's gonna Mm -hmm. taste the same you know um so the ability to be able to do that is is astounding
1: yeah and i think that um I'm always the person that, you know, uh, I don't think people are lucky. I think if people are successful, they're doing something different than you. Yeah. And people are realizing that that style of beer that was like, oh, we don't like this style of beer. We're going to make IPAs. Now everyone's kind of coming around they're like, eh, I kind of do like that <laughs> style of beer. <laughs> right? Like a lot, yeah. actually. Yeah. There's probably a reason that they only brew that because it's so sure. easy, so simple, so straightforward to just focus on one thing where – you know, you look at breweries; they're doing a hundred different bottle releases a year, and you're like, yeah. "Jesus Christ, this, right. is, uh, <laughs> this is getting out of control, guys!" Right? But, um, right. So it's it's interesting the the revolution that people come into in beer. Uh, I think the other thing with blending is um, it's uh, you got to really put yourself out there. And I think from a from a very like mathematical brewer's perspective, they're not always gonna like like or really understand the idea of a blend. Okay. So like well, it's already a good beer. We don't need to blend it. And it's like, well, what if it could be better? Yeah. Like, and I'm not saying either for. I think that, in my honest opinion, the blend that, if you had the Strawberry Bandit, uh, I think that cashmere over everything was better than Strawberry Bandit, but it just goes to show what happens when you take a beer and you're like, let's just shake the dice a little bit and see if people will come out and support it. Yeah. So uh, it was like, you know, the strawberry lemon IPA at the um, beer, beer school. school.
0: That was fantastic.
1: Yeah. So, um it's stuff like that where it's like you know sometimes maybe you shouldn't but you know there's breweries like hudson valley where they're doing like i don't know if you've ever had any of their sour ipas but But it's it's something you should seek out for sure um they're like mind-blowing like every single one i've had has been mind-blowing and i should have brought i have one at the house i should have brought it but
0: can you get them out here
1: uh no you gotta get them from new york oh gotcha. Okay. it's it's kind of a pain, but a lot of people go up there because it's so like of a like a cult following. Yeah. But uh, I know a couple guys in town. I could probably get some cans if you ever want to share some. But yeah. it's um, it's like really like uh. Mind blowing sour IPAs. Yeah. Like I've never had anything like it and it's definitely blends of barrel-aged sours with uh like ipas that they brew oh wow and it's yeah. refermented on like fruit and like lactose and vanilla and it's like it, it, it's crazy it's like a, a beer style i've never even like thought would work in theory and yeah. it's like one of the best I've ever had. Nice, man. So it's uh, just sometimes, like, when you have something like that, it totally turns your your idea of what you thought beer could be on its head. Sure. And it's, you know, that comes via blending. And, um, I mean, it seems like whiskey and wine are more of, like, the blending sports because of the volume. Okay. You know? Yeah. And because of uh, barrel-aged means a little... It has carries a little bit more weight in those industries. Yeah. So, you know, uh, like a barrel-aged like bourbon you know everything's going to be barrel aged and you got to blend it you're like think of those guys you know they're like oh well we got to make this blend and then we got to set these aside for this we're gonna have a single cask here and i mean it's so much meticulous planning but at the same time making sure that bourbon tastes pretty good every single time and pretty close to what the last batch tasted like yeah you know, like Buffalo Traces and stuff like that. where you're like, dude, that's really a consistent blend. Yeah, or Evan Williams. I mean, people always talk about Evan Williams. Oh, you know. But, hey, they make a lot of whiskey. Yeah. They do their thing. They sell it. They're yeah. at a very approachable price point. And yeah. I don't think it's bad for how much it costs.
0: No, not at all, man. Yeah.
1: I'll the volume. It. <laughs> it's, like, it's like Bourbon County. You know, people can say, oh, Bourbon County. They're doing thousands of barrels of blends. Of that barrel aged stout, and you could go to a store and buy it for nine ninety nine, and you're just like, "This is shocking."
0: Yeah, you know. Yeah. Well, and I think that's gotten more common to be able to get those, right? I mean, yeah. I think a few years ago it was like,
1: yeah, it was tough. Saw those, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But now they've like, you know, they got a lot of barrels over there. Yeah. But um, it shows how good they are, yeah. you know. And I mean, to have that kind of volume and be like, we can offer a stout that's on the level of about. 75 to 90% of the barrel aged styles depending on what people prefer in the market yep. for the lowest price point possible. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. You can tell that's definitely a beer that they're like we're going to make this just to kind of get ourselves in the market, which, you know, it works. People buy it every year. Yeah.
0: Yep. For sure, man. Well, dude, is that 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 was a very uh detailed more than i've ever known about blending (laughs) i knew the basics i'm like i know how to blend some a liquid with a liquid but uh, that's where it all starts yeah
1: and i mean uh it gets way more complex than that it's like uh it's like a like a a science lab you know you're like oh yeah so you find it just right yeah well dude
0: appreciate it well anything else you want to add before we wrap this up
1: no just uh Know your brewer, know your blender, and uh, just look for personality in beer, you know. You'll taste, uh, it's like an orchestra, you know. You can feel the, you feel the emotions, but that's about it. Excellent.
0: Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Appreciate you. Cheers. I will. Guys, thanks so much. For listening to the show, now you understand when people talk about blending beer. Now there is blending beer, right? Obviously like the uh, you know black and tans and things like that. That's not what we're talking about here. So now you're a little bit more educated on that. Uh, Will is making some great beers. Uh, just being part of that team down at the shop. Those guys are just cranking out some amazing beers. And, and I know that his expertise and his input um, is making a difference there. Uh, they were already making some badass beers and just adding him to the team. That's just, you know, another notch on the belt for those guys. So keep up the good work. The guys at the shop and uh, Will. Will was a great guy. Thanks for listening to the show. Tap That Easy is part of the Hopped Up Network. Check them out. HoppedUpNetwork.com. It's a network of independent craft beer podcasts throughout the country. Go check them out. Find yourself your new second favorite craft beer podcast. And always remember, most importantly, stay awesome.